Could an antidote to the long, scoreless stretches for the Bearcats be Evan Prater? Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you very much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We're free and available everywhere that you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and follow us too to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Alex Frank with you on a Monday, your host each and every day. Coming to you from the Hilton Riverside, <coughs> excuse me, Hilton, excuse me, sorry. Hilton, New Orleans, Riverside Hotel. That gumbo is still affecting me apparently. Um, The Hilton, New Orleans, Riverside uh, great to be here this weekend in New Orleans. The Bengals beating the Saints yesterday, but let's talk some Bearcats. This is a daily Bearcats podcast. So um, someone commented on a video recently that the answer to the long scoreless stretches, which is a concern of mine for the Bearcats going into the second half of the season, someone's <coughs> someone suggested the answer is Evan Prater. I, I, I don't understand why that is a suggestion why that's the answer. I I don't get it. If you say that Evan Prater is Desmond Ritter 2.0, that comes with long scoreless stretches. Because if you remember last year, in 2021, the Bearcats had plenty of scoreless stretches without Desmond with, with Desmond Ritter. They didn't score in the third quarter of the Miami game. They didn't score in the first quarter against Murray State. They went nearly 30 minutes without scoring against Indiana. They almost didn't score the whole second half in Notre Dame. And they went uh, the whole second and fourth quarters without scoring against Houston and Tulsa. So if you say that Evan Prater's Desmond Ritter 2.0, you do know that comes with some scoreless stretches. So then your suggestion that Prater's the answer to get rid of the long scoreless stretches is actually moot. (coughs) Prater is inexperienced. So the long scoreless stretches could come with that. You know, when you're a, um, when you're inexperienced, I think, okay, I think that leads you, I think that leads to long stretches where you don't score. Because defenses will adjust to you. And it's going to take you some time to figure it out. And as a result, you may not be as explosive. You may not be as potent. I mean, where I am in New Orleans right now, look at the Bengals. Defenses have adjusted to what the Bengals are trying to do offensively. Now, today, the Bengals played really well offensively. But, (coughs) excuse me, they had long stretches where they didn't score because they didn't know how to adjust to the adjustments the defense has made. So that's what's going to come with Evan Prater. He might be really, really good. I think he is really good. But I also know that there's long scoreless stretches where they could be coming because defenses will adjust. Because... He may not know how to respond to that. He might start out well. Let's say, okay, let's say that the suggestion takes place. 
and Evan Prater starts against SMU. He's not going to, but let's just say he is. The Bear, <coughs> sorry, the Bearcats might play well that game. They might have seven drives, six of them end in scores, maybe five in, for touchdowns. Don't think UCF isn't going to see that. And they're going to make some major adjustments. And they're going to fluster Evan Prater on the road. Because that is going to be a monumental game. Truthfully, scoreless stretches are a part of the game. You could be up 63-10. to 10, And you may not score in the fourth quarter. Why? Because your starters are out of the game. So scoreless, <coughs> excuse me, scoreless stretches are a part of the game. They really are. But what I do know is Evan Prater's not the remedy to them. <coughs> excuse me, sorry, that should word of all of them for now. Like, to me, the way you remedy them is you sustain drives. You run the ball, and you utilize your tight ends. Not every possession is going to be big play to Tyler Scott. That's just the way it goes. So that's how I look at it. Evan Prater is not going to come in and solve all the Bearcats' problems. You're going to have stretches where you don't score. You might have two straight drives. Just don't let them linger through a quarter or beyond. Prater's not going to solve them, and don't let the intrigue of him starting cloud your judgment. Because I will tell you right now, I will tell you, he's not the answer. The answer is figuring out what to do with this offense. With Bryant, McClellan, and Scott, and Mardner, and Thompson, and your other tight and your other and your and Wiley and Taylor. Ben Bryant is still this team's starter until egregiously otherwise. So to say that Evan Prater is going to solve the scoreless stretches, I think it's because you are intrigued by him being the starting quarterback. And because you're infatuated with him, you think he's going to secure everything. Hate to tell you, he's not. He's not going to come in. And just wipe everything clean. There's not, uh, that's just not going to happen. Because that, <coughs> sorry, because there are growing pains with him, okay? There will be growing pains. Whatever they are, I can tell you this the scoreless stretches can be solved with this offense. Brian's going to stop underthrowing people. You got to be able to run the football consistently. If the kicking game existed, which has been a little better this year than last year, it's four of seven for Ryan Coe, that would also help. But just because, but a backup quarterback is going to solve something? No, it's not. That's not going to, that, that, that is unrealistic to think. I know why you think it, but it's unrealistic. <coughs> Sorry. Coming up, a quote from Arthur Ashe that can apply to this Bearcats team. We'll get into it after a word from Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home, and you don't earn the trust of that many people 
without doing something right. And at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoration who always have your and here's why I look safe. With 24-7 professional monitoring, safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Man, talk about protection. Simply safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash college and save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan to get your first month free. Visit <coughs> excuse me. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, maybe some water's gonna help. Because I don't know what's going on. Anyway, um, Alex Frank back with you, your host, locked on Bearcats each and every day, talking about. Again, Evan Prater is not going to solve the lone scoreless stretches. You just think that because you're infatuated with him and think because he's so highly touted and coveted, he's going to solve everything. The truth is he's not. The truth of the matter is what's going to solve it is if the Bearcats fix what's wrong with the current offense, not because Evan Prater. All right. So Arthur Ashe has a famous quote. Start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And I've always found that quote to be really, really compelling. So let's start with where the Bearcats are right now. They're five and one. They're right where they need to be to make a run. They've met expectations. I think a lot of us thought they were going to be five and one because we thought the schedule was not overly difficult at the outset. You know, your two toughest conference games are coming up this week and next week. So you've set yourself up pretty well to have a good second half of the season. You know, You beat everybody you were supposed to beat in the first half. You played the team you weren't supposed to beat to a seven-point game on the road, which is nothing to sneeze at. And in some way, (coughs) and in some ways, I thought the excuse me, the Bearcats exceeded expectations. Because I think a lot of us, you know, thought they could get to five and one, but it was going to be a struggle. You know, maybe they were going to struggle on the road with Tulsa. Maybe they were going to struggle with Miami and Indiana. Instead, They've won every game but one by 10 points or less. And they beat Indiana by 21. They beat Miami by 21. They beat, you know, they played Arkansas to a seven-point game. You know, USF, I understand, is a game a lot of people, excuse me, it's a game a lot of people want to look at and say, sorry, um, it's a game a lot of people want to look at and go, okay, well, this team may not be as good as we think they are. No, that's not the case. I'm telling you what I think is that you're going to have games that you have to fight tooth and nail to win. And that was the game today. All right. What the Bearcats have, what they can use their depth, their resilient defense that can also shut down opponents. Think about how far the Bearcats defense bent against USF. I mean, they bent about as far as you could over 200 yards rushing down 10, nothing early. Uh, Gary Bohannon looking like uh, Quentin Flowers 
and they managed to get that key fourth down stop. You know, this Bearcats defense, we think they're so good because they can shut down opponents. It's also a very resilient defense. You know, they managed to hold Arkansas to, you know, 478 yards. That game could have been a lot worse than it was. You know, they were able to um, limit Indiana to or make Indiana run 104 plays and get really nothing to show for it. They were able to go into Tulsa and shut down maybe the conference's best running game to 36 yards. Um, a dynamic offense, an offense that hasn't been as dynamic since probably 2009. And that's with <coughs> that's with Desmond Ritter last year. Desmond Ritter was a dynamic player, don't get me wrong. But what the Bearcats also are this year as a quarterback and Ben Bryant that can throw the ball really far down the field. So that's allowing you to take the top off of defense. Last year, Cincinnati, the way they beat opponents was they grounded and pounded. This year, it's they are going to take the top off the defense. And that's an element that has not been present in Clifton in over a decade. There's a strong running game. They still want to run the ball. They still want to go on the ground. That's their identity. That is this offense's identity. Winning culture. There's a winning culture in place for Cincinnati. You know, they have shown that just because they lost nine players to the NFL draft and not everything's going up in smoke, this is still a very, very good team in Cincinnati that, you know, has won a lot of games over the years. And it's shown in games like USF, in games like Miami, you know, respecting the rivalry and respecting the winning streak, understanding that you could go ahead in the series for the first time since 1915. That's culture, okay? It's why I called the Miami win a culture win. It's why Indiana was a culture win, because they went out there and just took care of business. You know, one thing that Luke Fickle teams do so well is they handle <coughs> is they handle games like that, and trap games really well. Now, maybe USF's an exception because they only won by four, but still, they typically don't get caught up in trap games, and that's a winning culture. Experience is another thing, too. Think about guys like Malik Van going down, and Arquan Bush, and Corey Kiner, and who do you lean on? Charles McClellan, Jabari Taylor, who wrecked the Tulsa game, Jawan Briggs, who keeps getting better and better every single week. That's experience. It comes from guys who have been in this program a long time and have just played with, or behind rather, several players who have been great over the years. You know, Arquan Bush has been in the shadows of Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant. By the way, Sauce Gardner had an unbelievable game on Sunday against uh, Green Bay, and he is becoming quite the character and becoming quite the, the, the personality and star in New York that maybe they haven't had since Darrell Revis. We can talk about that tomorrow. Um, Alec Pierce had a fantastic game on Sunday. Game-winning touchdown for the Colts, <coughs> who now all of a sudden find themselves in first place. Tied for first with the Titans in the AFC South. Huge matchup again between those two teams next week. So really cool to see um, these Bearcats do well in the pros. Maje Sanders, first sack of the season yesterday for Arizona. Happy for him. Travis Kelsey, well, you know Travis Kelsey. Um, anyway, 
And it, again, it goes back to the experience and the players that have come through this program that you, and now you're seeing. It's just, you know, the next line of great players. Um, do what you can is the last part of Arthur Ashe's quote. What can the Bearcats do in the in the second half of the season? Well, they can win a third straight conference championship. They can win these next two games on the road that are going to define the season. SMU Saturday, that game's on ESPN, uh, noon Eastern time, 11 Central time kickoff. Um, you can control what you can control. Right, you can't control, you know, where you're ranked or how you're how you're viewed nationally, or if you're gonna go to New Year's Six Bowl, who you're gonna play. All you can do is control the next game. You can play SMU. That's the only team you can play on your schedule. You don't play yourselves, you don't beat yourselves, you play to beat SMU. Ben Bryant can bounce back from two subpar starts. That's nothing I want to see. Can he do that? I think he can. Um, ex- expectations for the second half of the season. Speaking of those, we'll get into them when we return here on Lockdown Bearcats after a word from Bet Online. As you see the overlay on your screen, because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your football betting info this season. What you can do is you can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information. With live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there, it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so the Bearcats to um, second half of the season. Expectations. Look, I'm going to be honest. UCF worries me. It's on the road. They have not had a full capacity crowd for a Bearcats for the Bearcats in their stadium since 2018, and we all know how that went. They want to beat Cincinnati so bad because the Bearcats went last year where UCF dreamed of going years ago. So that's that's what worries me. Um, slow start or long scoring stretch will not be able to be overcome at UCF. Simply will not. The environment's going to be raucous. Can this team get up for it? And as far as where I want the Bearcats to be at the end of the second half, look, they got to at least be playing for a championship. If they're not going to win the conference championship, it's going to be very difficult to do so. Especially if UCF hosts the American championship game, which would be which would be really interesting. As long as the Bearcats are playing for a championship and playing for a New Year's Six Bowl, that's what I want. Um, win all the remaining home games. If you can't beat, <clears throat> if you can't beat Navy, ECU, and Tulane at home, now Tulane is ranked, so that might be you know interesting. But if you can't beat Navy and ECU at home, what are you doing? Um. Take one of two on the next road trip. It's going to be very difficult to take both games. And I know the Bearcats have a winning culture. I know that, you know, they haven't lost a conference game in three years. It's going to be a very, very difficult road trip to be able to take two out of three or two out of two. Continue to be opportunistic on defense. Brian continues to be the reason why the Bearcats are winning games. Running game continues to be a strong asset. Those are things I want to see. 
You know, the Bearcats defense, we've talked about it. They're so good at shutting down opponents, but they're even better when they're creating turnovers, when they're playing complementary football and getting that offense back on the field. That's so dynamic. And Ben Bryant, for the most part, has exceeded expectations. I mean, through six games, he has three 300-yard passing games. He has multiple touchdown passes in every single game. And he got a little dinged up at the end of the game against USF, but I don't think that's anything to be concerned about. He's made Tyler Scott a really good receiver. He's made Jaden Thompson a good weapon. You know, he's utilizing Nick Marner. So there's a lot to like with Ben Bryant. He's got to work on his running game. He's got to work on pocket presses a little bit. But at the same time, you got to be happy with his development. The running game is still what this team is driven through. You know, after a subpar performance with Indiana, look, they ran for for nearly 200 yards at Tulsa, and they did run for over 200 yards on uh, against South Florida. Charles McClellan, 179 of those yards. Safe to say or suffice to say that the Bearcats' offense is still being driven through the running game. If you can run the football at UCF and keep your defense off the field for as long as possible, <coughs> sorry, that is going to make for a very – that's going to make for a much um, more manageable time down in UCF. All right. Um, I was going to do a basketball preview tomorrow, but um, I'm going to keep sticking to football. And I'm going to talk about seven things that need to happen for a successful second half, the seven key players to watch, and then, well, maybe another uh, seven topics. So there, you- <coughs> so there you go. That's going to be a lot of fun uh, to get into. Um Lockdown Maricats is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Maricats YouTube channel and uh, follow, <coughs> excuse me, follow us too to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Hey, for your second listen, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, how about making the Lockdown Big 12? Get more on the Big 12 by making Lockdown Big 12 your second lesson. Everyday host, Josh Neighbors. And the local expert above your second lesson, that's Lockdown Big 12. <coughs> excuse me. For the Lockdown Bearcats.